Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And as I said, we're going to be talking about holiness. I've, I've got a few messages to preach on that. At least I think I do. The Lord could change it if He wanted to. But as of now... I'm going to preach a few messages on this because, you know, we need, to, we need to hear it. Because, you know, the, the church is compromising. Now, not all of them. Not all the church. I don't mean to say that. But there's just too much compromise going on just so we'll be liked. But our own Lord and Master said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Now, that doesn't mean we got to be arrogant and nasty and mean like some Christians are. You know, how many know God loves everybody? Yeah. Doesn't He? Yeah. But that doesn't mean He loves everything we do. He's not on board with everything you're doing. I don't know if you know that or not. Well, some of you do. Some of you. I don't know, Pastor. I think He's on board with everything I'm doing. Well, He's not on board with your pride right there. So he's not on board with everything we're all doing, right? And you're not on board sometimes with everything your kids are doing, right? But you still love them. Some of them maybe give you more pleasure than others, but you're supposed to love them the same. You know, it's just a lot easier if they just do what you say, right? But there's some, you know, you got, you know, you got to beat them a little bit. Well, that, that'll get you kicked off Facebook right there. Of course, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about you got to discipline them, right? Yeah. And that might mean spanking sometimes. And some kids, that doesn't, doesn't register with them at all. You've got to find something else. All right? You've got to find out what works, right? Each kid's different, you know. One, you can just threaten you're going to spank them, and they'll behave. The other one, you can do it, and it doesn't change a thing. You've got to find something else. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, I remember, you know, as a kid, they used to send you to bed without your supper. That was unusual, cruel and unusual punishment. But anyway, you know, my dad always said he didn't know about, he didn't know about timeout. He knew about knockout. It worked on me. Look how well I turned out. I went through some rough spots, I'll admit, along the way. But eventually it got straightened out, praise God. That was more because of my mother, because she was a born-again, spirit-filled woman praying, praise God. But, you know, the thing about, the thing about holiness, we talk about holiness, a lot, lot, of, lot of the church now just goes, well, that's just old school. That's legalism. No, that's the Bible. And actually, you know, I, I actually saw just, you know, some, some uh, Christians that, some of them were kind of famous. I, I didn't know them because they were in the music industry, and I don't know a lot of the newer stuff. I don't know any of that. You know, I don't follow it, so I don't know. But some of you young people probably knew them. But they left the faith. One, I saw one guy, he said he's leading the faith because there's just too many rules in Christianity. I said, those aren't rules. Those are guardrails. They're to keep you from falling off and killing yourself. Amen. I mean, the Bible says His commandments are not grievous. Well, they're there to help you. They're there to keep you alive. You know, you go up on the 
you know, the Empire State Building, there's, I've never been there. Pastor Jerry has. He's him and Miss Kay. Are, that's where I learn all my big words from, it's from him. <laughs> anyway, if I ever use a big word, you know where I got it from. I got it from him, you know. He taught me the word plethora, you know. He's always showing off his education. Anyway. But anyway, he's been up on top of the... Didn't you tell me you've been up on... There's railing, right? There's guardrails up on top. Of the, why, that's so you don't fall off. You could say, well, that's just bondage. Move those. No, somebody's going to get killed if you move them. See, God's commandments, they're not, they're not there to put us in bondage. They're not legalism. They're not like crimping your lifestyle. They're there to keep you alive. When God says, thou shalt not do this, he, He's just telling you what, this will kill you. This will eventually kill you. Amen? Amen? And so when we talk about holiness, a lot of times we get, you know, a lot of church people won't listen to this kind of preaching and teaching any longer. They just won't do it. They've been so trained that we're under grace, which we are, but they've been trained by false grace teaching. They've been so trained that grace means you can just do anything you want to and you're all right. You're, it's already covered. But the Bible tells us the grace that God brought teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. It doesn't give you a license to do something. It gives you liberty to have freedom from it. Amen? And, and God's grace, if you do mess up, you know, because we all do, if you do mess up, God's grace is there to, you know, forgive you when you ask for it. Amen? Amen. Now, so here in Peter, I like this. Uh, let's just read verse 5, 2 Peter. You got it? got it? All right. It says, But you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Everybody say holy. To offer up spiritual sacrifices. Now, we talked about this a little bit. You know, our sacrifices of praise and you know, our bodies are sacrifices to God. I mean, our offering, the Bible says, is a, is a sweet aroma unto God. Mm -hmm. right. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, praising God, like we said, the Bible says it offer the sacrifice of praise continually, giving thanks unto His name. Hallelujah. We got a lot to be thankful about. Praise God. Why, well, you, if you're saved, you got a lot to be thankful about. I've always wanted this ability as a pastor, and God's never given me this gift. But I've always wanted this gift to be able to put people in hell for five minutes. And I just can't get God to give it to me. Because, you know, people complain, you know, if you put them in hell for five minutes, they'll come back shouting the victory. They'll kiss everything. You ever been out of the country? How many have been out of the country? You ever been to like a third world country? Aren't you always happy to get back home? Man, I am. You know, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to stop off at Five Guys and get a double burger or something. Yeah, and a Pepsi. Yeah, a cold Pepsi, yeah. That's because I've got a Pepsi one time. It was a hot one. I was in a, what was, we was in a, uh, you was with me on this trip. We were in a thatch hut, dirt road, village, I got a Pepsi, praise God. It wasn't cold, but, and I thought about that. Listen, now that, that I thought about, I thought, now see here, Pepsi and Cokes evangelized the world. I should have been able to have gone in that village and get a Brother Hagen book or something. 
Amen. You know, a guy said one time, he said, you know, I went to one of these villages to preach, you know, with the tribal people, because there's still some of them out there in some of those remote areas, you know. And he said, I went into there and, and, and I went to the chieftain and said, can I preach to your people? He said, just a minute. And he went back in his hut and he came back out and he, he came out with a Brother Hagin book. A Brother Hagin book. And he said, if you preach like this, yes. He said, I preach like that. Okay, you can preach. I thought, thank God somebody got the word in there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But we're a, we're a holy priesthood. Everybody say holy. holy. Verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, the, a peculiar people. Well, God, you know, that word peculiar, it means, you know, special or really purchased people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Woo, I love that. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, brother, I know that's what happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Man, I came out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. I mean, you know, I thank God because I think about my life. I think about... You know, on Friday night, on this weekend that I got saved, <coughs> on Friday night, I had to crawl up the stairs to get into the house. I'm not making this up. I, I had to crawl up them. I was that messed up. And I got in the house. But Sunday night, I walked up those same steps, and I was a new creature in Christ Jesus, seated in heavenly places, with Christ, Amen. hallelujah, Amen. with the glory of God and the anointing of God on my life. Amen. That only God can do that. Yeah, right. I mean, you can go to all kinds. I'm not against any of these programs that help people, but you can go all kinds of programs and they can't change you like that. No, right. Is that right? right? See, you know, I mean, thank God for all those programs that help people. And they're trying to help people and we're for them. We're not against them. But I'm just simply saying to you that God is the one that can really change you. And if you don't give your life to Him, you're never really going to be changed. Right? So you go to an AA meeting, you know, and you go there, and, and I don't know if they still do this, but they used to do this. They used to say, hello, my name is Mark. I'm an alcoholic. Well, how many know when you go to church and get born again, you can stand up and say, my name is Mark. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Because God take that alcoholic part out of you. Right? I mean, he'll deliver that part from you. Amen. I mean, he'll change you where you're different. You're not, you're not that any longer. See, but they, they have you say it because they can't change you. I'm not knocking them. They want to always remember where you came from so you don't go back there. But God can change you into something different. Hallelujah. Now, you know, well, I, you know, well, Pastor, I know people that's getting saved and they still have problems with this and that and this and that. I know that, but that's their flesh. It's not the real them on the inside. The real, on the in, the, the real person on the inside got changed. And if you, they just keep coming to church and we keep teaching them, they'll learn to walk by that inner man and they'll quit doing all that thing that the flesh wants to do. That'll all fall off. That's just grave clothes. Remember when Lazarus was, Jesus called Lazarus forth? 
And he came out of that tomb. He was raised from the dead, right? What did Jesus say? Loose him and let him go. Who did he tell to do that to? He told his disciples, loose him and let him go. I got him, I got him resurrected. Now you guys loose him and let him go. See, Jesus will get you resurrected. Now come to the house of God and we'll loose you and let you go. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, by the preaching and by the worship and by hanging around other believers. Amen. You know, you begin to learn. You begin to grow. You don't know everything when you first get saved. You still don't know everything. You're still growing, right? All the way to the grave, you're still growing. You still learn things. I remember one time, I was, I was in this... I, I just was wore out, tired, didn't feel like reading my Bible, didn't feel like praying. So we called it in those days, I'm going to let somebody spoon feed me. I mean, Y'all got kids, you know what that is, right? Open your mouth, here comes the airplane. <laughs> now our little grandson, great-grandson, he would like, if you didn't get that airplane in there fast enough, he'd holler. Ah, you got to plug it, you know. And so I wanted spoon fed that man. I wanted somebody else to feed me. So I grabbed one of Brother Hagin's cassette tapes, you know, and I picked it up and I looked at it and I thought, you know, I know everything on this. Amen. It was just, a, you know, that's, that's what I thought. And that was the wrong thought. But I thought, I know everything on this. And the Lord spoke to me, said, there's things on here you haven't got yet. I put that cassette in and I learned two new things. And I'd listen to that thing. I knew Brother Hagin's stories, 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. You know, as the, you know, as the clock on the mantel struck 8 o'clock, you know. I knew all the stories, but see, see, there's so much in God's Word, we'll never gleam all of it out in this lifetime. Amen. We'll, we'll still be learning things, Mark, all the way. I, when we get to heaven, thank God, we'll see a lot of things we, did never, we never did know. But it, you know what I'm saying? It, there, there's more, there's things in Jesus, in that little verse, Jesus wept, we haven't got yet. Amen. So this thing about holiness, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the churches won't listen to it any longer. I'm just telling you the truth. They won't hear it any longer. And Paul prophesied about a time. He said, there'll come a day when they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and will turn their ears away from the truth and will be turned unto fables. Well, you know, when some preacher gets up and tell you it's okay to sleep around, you know, sex. And preachers do this. You know, sex makes you happy and God wants you happy. Well, God invented sex. Some of your faces are turning red. I don't know what you notice, but that you got here by that. God invented it, but He t gave us rules on how to partake of it. Amen. Well, yeah, but Pastor, I'm just burning up. Well, take a cold shower. Well, moving right along. Amen. How many know there's things, you know, things like this, that there's actually preachers are preaching this. Well, you know, you, God wants you to be happy, so if sex makes you happy, just go find you someone to sleep with and be happy. Well, is that Bible? I said, is that Bible? No, that's not Bible. Y'all looking at me like, I can't believe there's preachers like, oh yeah, there's plenty of them. Amen. 
We got preachers that are supporting all kinds of things. I'm like, where'd this come from? I mean, supporting candidates that, that you know, that are for abortion? Oh, yeah. I won't name some of them. I'm not a slanderer, but it'd shock you if I told you some of the names of the preachers that have had these people and these politicians that support abortion and tell their people to vote for them. All right. Maybe I shouldn't tell you all these things. This is supposed to be a happy church. Happy church. But have you know we got to know these things so we don't fall into them and think it's okay. We got to keep our minds renewed with the truth and see what's happening to the church is their, their minds are being conformed to this world. That's what's happening. And you got to keep, and it could happen to every one of us. Listen now. It could ha- don't think any of us are above it. It could happen to every one of us if we don't keep our faces in this book. Amen. And have a little discernment about us. Is that not right? You know, so all kinds of things are going on in churches today. You know, preachers are cussing in the pulpit even, you know, for, for effect. Yeah, one guy brought a beer to the pulpit. Because he's not religious. No, he's just stupid. Amen. People don't realize you can't mess with this stuff because the devil will take you out. Of course the, of course the devil wants the church dirty. We're the restraining force. Of course, you know, listen. The, of course the media wants to get rid of the church's influence. Of course they do. Of course, now I'm not saying all media people, don't misunderstand me, but, but you've got to admit they, they're definitely anti-church. Right? I mean, a, a Christian guy, a Christian guy just recently, you know, he, he, he makes a, you know, he goes to a, a preach, a speak at, uh, what's those rallies called for? Um, pro-life rally. Right to life rally. Uh, and he gets all kinds of flack from the media because he's a right-wing right, right wing extremist because he doesn't believe in tearing babies apart and flushing them down the garbage disposal. That's what they do sometimes. Yeah, they sell their parts. One woman said that she worked at one of those and said they took the parts and she'd have to wash them down the drain and run them through the garbage disposal. And then they call us right-wing extremists because we don't believe that's right. Somebody's got to hold up a standard of truth, right? Somebody's got to hold up a standard of what's right and wrong. And, and they say, well, who are you to decide? I'm nobody to decide. God's book is to decide. God Almighty's to decide what's right and wrong. Not me, not you, God. I'm okay with everything he's okay with. But I'm not going to compromise, are you? Right? I don't care if everybody leaves the church. Uh, and I know you won't, but I'm just saying, that I don't care. I'm going to stick with God's Word. Amen. I'm going to stick with truth. It's like a Supreme Court justice said one time, well, if it was wrong 200 years ago, it's still wrong today. Nothing's changed. Right? Well, something has changed, and what's changed is, is culture. People's minds. See, Paul said in the last days, he said some would depart from the faith. Well, you can't depart from the faith unless you drift from the Bible. You stick with the Bible, you're not departing from the faith. So you have to drift from the Bible. That's what we see in America. We see this drift from the Bible, you know. 
Like this is just written by old men. It's not relevant any longer. Let me tell you, let me tell you something, my friend. This book is alive. The Bible says it's living, hallelujah. And it's still, it's still appropriate for today. It hasn't lost any of its power. And you can take it and you can throw every one of them away, burn every one of them. You get rid of every Bible. But when you stand before God, you're still going to answer for what's written in this book. Because the Word of God lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. And so this thing about holiness, when you go to talk about it, you know, a lot of times, people, a lot of churches, people won't accept it any longer. It's like, oh, he's just one of those old school guys. He's just legalistic. No, listen, John said it himself. He said, this is the message that we've heard from him. First John, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You can't tell me some of these things that's going on today is light. People don't even know what sex they are because, you know, they're so confused and then we're supposed to be confused with them. I'm not going there. You can call me bigot. You can call me what you want to, but I'm not going to be stupid because you are or confused. Amen. This good preaching or what? See, I'm not going to be that way because you are. Somebody's got to stand up for the truth and say, no, wait a minute here. You people are being deceived. <clears throat> When God made you, He stamped you what you are. Didn't He? I mean, my gosh, I've been able to tell the difference between a boy and a girl since I was a little kid. It's pretty obvious to me. There's differences here. Well, what's the differences? Well, if you don't know, grow up. <coughs> Women look better than men. <laughs> Some of you women are thinking, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I like the hairy chest with the gold chain hanging on it. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Amen. There's nothing. They all get quiet on me, but there's nothing wrong with that. God made us different. And he intended us for to be attracted to the opposite sex. And yet we, we got, they're trying to get us to believe that men can have babies. You know, we need to put, you know, well, let's just don't go there. I don't want to get too unsanctified. But anyway, how many know, I've been, I've been on this earth for over 60-some years, and I've never seen a pregnant man yet. Are you with me now? <laughs> if you're pregnant, you think you're a man, you confuse because you ain't. Because that chromosome, those chromosomes, what is XY, right? XXY. Whatever it is. XY. All right. But all I know is they're different than a woman, right? And no, you got those chromosomes in, you don't have babies. Right? You got to have the other chromosome. What, what is a woman's? What is it? Y. I went to science class, but I didn't pay much attention. <laughs> I didn't figure it's not going to matter. And where I was at, you don't use that stuff, you know. Amen. So, so you can say what you want to say, but you're just wrong. It, don't, it doesn't happen. Now, saying that today gets you labeled as an extremist, a bigot. It's just common sense. 
Why are we letting people run our country that have absolutely zero common sense? Amen. Amen. There's a, there's a standard. How do you know that? The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. There's got to be a standard. Somebody's got to hold up the standard. And it's certainly in the news media doing it any longer. And it's certainly in a lot of our politicians doing it any longer. And it's certainly in Hollywood doing it any longer. It's certainly in a lot of the musicians doing it any longer. It's not any of those people doing it. They got more morals in Russia than we do here. You may not like that, but it happens to be the truth. I remember when that was totally opposite of that. But the church got to hold up the standard. And we got to have a church that's united and not confused where one, you know, is going with the world and the other one's not. Really, those that are going with the world, you know what Jesus said. He said he'd remove their candlestick from them. Amen. Didn't he say that? What did that mean? Well, that candlestick, the candlestick in Revelation represents the churches. So he said, if you do this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're not a church any longer. Now, you may still have church on your side, but he doesn't recognize you as a church any longer. Amen. You know, I don't want Jesus to have to come in and clean the church I pastor. I'll preach the word and keep it clean. Hallelujah. So now look at this. (coughs) Did you get anything this morning? Anybody ever going to come back? Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. You know, the thing of it is, is God get all this stuff is to help us. It's to help us from, to keep us from destroying ourselves. You know, the Bible says the wages of sin is what? So sin will, what will sin do to you? It'll kill you. If you let it run its course. Amen. You know, listen now. You know, I mean, I've known people and I'm, that died of AIDS, you know, I'm sorry that they did. But, you know, some of those people, they got on their deathbed, they wish they'd lived a different lifestyle. Because sin has consequences, doesn't it? Isn't that right? You know, so we, we just need to know that. And I'm not just picking on people in that area. A lot of areas. What about the guy, his liver shot because, he, you know, he drank all of his life or the person that smoked all their life and their lungs were shot? Right? Or the guy that did drugs all of his life, you know, like I used to do all the time, you know, and then his mind's gone. Isn't that right? Or the guy that, you know, he, he cheated on his wife and now he's lost his kids, his home, his marriage. Right? It's got consequences, doesn't it? And why does God not want us to do it? He wants us to have a happy, blessed life. Amen. Now look at this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And the Bible says, According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Everything. Through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now the word virtue there, listen now. This word virtue, here's what it means. It means moral excellence and it means power. So you put it together it's letting us know moral excellence produces power in your life. See? And so he, he, verse 4 says, Whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. How many know when you get born again, you become partakers of the divine nature? That's what the Bible teaches, right? 
He says, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Notice the first thing he says to add to your faith is virtue. Now, what is virtue? It's moral excellence. In other words, the first thing you're supposed to add to your faith when you get saved is you're supposed to start, you're supposed to start adding moral excellence. I'm supposed to start following God and His Word and let the Holy Spirit now clean up my life. Amen. Let Him start, you know, He'll start separating you from things. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And so that's the first thing. Because, listen now, this isn't taught today much, but nothing will stop you any quicker than loose morals. It'll derail you and stop you. Amen. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, uh, well, I better not say that. All right. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But, you know, I just watched the devil, you know. You get saved, he'll try to derail you, man. He'll try to get you back into the, the, the world. Amen. He will. He will. You know, uh, you know, I remember when I got saved, you know, I'd been saved just a short time, and some of, the, some of the girls I used to know started coming to our church. And I remember what the pastor said. He said, that's a trap of the devil. The devil sent them here to try to derail you. Well, I listened. Not everybody comes to church comes with good motives. And y'all looking like shocked. I was a hunk back then. How many ever seen, what was that actor I was trying to talk about this morning? I couldn't remember his name. Kirk Douglas. I had hair as thick as his. Amen. Some of you don't know who that is, but I don't know too many more. I know Bruce Willis, but he doesn't, he doesn't have thick hair. When I say I know him, I know who he is. But I was better looking than Bruce. Still am, but hallelujah. Debatable. Amen. But you know what? Listen, here's, and he was right. Pastor was right. He, he, when he said that, he was absolutely right that this is a trick of the devil. You just got saved, and now here he's running some of them, them girls you used to know. He's running them by. They came to church, you know, but, and they didn't stay in church. And that was the devil's trick to get them to send them to me and draw me out. Amen. And the pastor had enough sense to say, because they weren't, you know, you got to, how many know, you, you got to be, you, you got to be saved to have your head on right, yeah. to even have a chance to, you know. And so, and that's what the devil will do. He'll try to derail you with loose morals, you know, and that's what he's doing in the church right now is and not with young people. I'm not talking about people who just got saved. I'm talking about some of the older saints trying to preach to them, well, now, what you used to believe and how you used to live and, you know, how you were always diligent not to allow that in your life. Well, you can let, you can let up now. Grace has come. Well, listen, grace, grace gives you power to live over that stuff. Amen. And so I understand that what's going on right now, it's a trick to derail the church. Because you derail the church, you derail the nation. Right? Because the only, reason, the only reason America is good, is any goodness in America, it's because of God. 
His people and preaching of the Word of God. That's it. You pull that out and we're in trouble. Amen. See, sometimes I get a little vindictive about it. I know it's not a right spirit, but you're not always perfectly right either. Sometimes when I see all the world's wanting to go on and how they're all, you know, all uh, uh, criticizing us and trying to get rid of our influence, I'm thinking, I just can't wait till the rapture happens and you got it all on your own. We'll see what happens to it. That's probably not right, is it? I'm probably supposed to be praying, right? But sometimes I just need to, you know, I just like, man, just let us go. And let's just see what happens to America. It'll sink like a sinker. You know, fishing sinker. Amen. Oh, yeah, when the rapture takes place, America's in trouble. If it's going to live this perverted. Amen. See, see people don't know this, but see... We're, we're already walking in the curse in our country. I mean, not full-blown, but way more than we used to. See, one of the things God said, if you, one of the things that happened in the Old Testament is if you didn't live according to God's Word and you were immoral, God would, God would let, let other countries start dispossessing you. Well, man, if you knew how much the Chinese owned in America, and I'm not knocking Chinese people... That's not what this is about. I'm talking about the country of China, how much they own and other countries own in America. You know, where they're just, they're buying us up. And that's the curse. God said, the blessing, man, uh, you'll be the head not to tail. You'll be above and not beneath. Amen. You'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Well, that works for all of us personally too, right? We walk in God's word. We're going to be blessed coming in, blessed going out. Head not to tail. Praise God. Our enemy comes against him. God will chase him out seven ways. That's what the Bible says. But holiness has something to do with it. Amen. Well, how long have I been going? Probably some of you say, well, too long. Maybe not long enough. Go, go with me. We'll close. I probably let's go to Second Corinthians. Go there, and this is it for today. Did you get something today? Second yeah. <clears throat> Corinthians chapter six, because I want to read this, and then I don't know. We may come back and revisit again next week. We'll see. Second Corinthians chapter six. Verse 14, got it? It says, "Be not only equally yoked together with unbelievers." Now, let me just show you what that doesn't say. It doesn't say don't have anything to do with unbelievers. It says don't get yoked up with them. There's a difference. See, the Bible says about Jesus, that as our high priest, he was separate from sinners. But he ate with them, didn't he? But why did he eat with them? He didn't go to their dives to eat with them, right? He didn't go to the bar to eat with the sinners. He ate with the sinners to influence the sinners for the kingdom of God. Right? But he didn't go do what they did. He didn't yoke himself with them and go the same direction they're going. But it's not like, see, I don't want you to get this idea like, you know, we we isolate ourselves from anybody. No, we're to be a witness. But we're to insulate ourselves from that stuff. Not isolate, but insulate. 
Be insulated so that doesn't get in you. Amen. He says, uh, For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has dark with light? How many know it doesn't have any, right? What a concord or agreement hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel or an unbeliever? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Well, you know, you don't, you'd think something's wrong if you came into church this morning. We had all kinds of demon idols set up. That don't work, right? For you are the, you are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I'll dwell in them, walk in them, I'll be their God, they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. And notice this, and be ye separate. See, we're supposed to see that when it says he called us out of darkness, the word church means to be called out. One of the means of it. So he called us out to be separate. Saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I'll be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore, verse 1, chapter 7, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves of the of filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. See, see, we don't perfect righteousness when we're born again, we're made righteous. But holiness, righteousness is who God's made you to be. Holiness is how you're living. But he said to come out from among them. I remember when I got saved, the, one of the very first things the Holy Spirit led me to do. Well, I'm talking about one of the very first things. I mean, I don't know the Bible. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know much of anything. I just got saved. But one of the very first things he led me to do is you leave your old friends. You leave them. And somehow, I knew I had to leave these guys. I knew that. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't witness to them. No. It just means I didn't go where they went any longer. If they want to talk with me, come on my, come on, you're going to have to come my way. I'm not going your way. I'm not going to the, I'm not going to the, to the bars, the parties, all the things that we had. I'm not going there. I've come out from among that. Amen. You know, and that was one of the first things the Spirit of God led me to do. See, some of them didn't understand. And I remember one time, I've told you that, one time one of them come by my house and said, you know, well, one of them come to get me. And I, I, you know, I said, I'm not going. And he was like insistent. I was going. I gave him a track by Brother Hagin on I Went to Hell. said, hey, read this. And then he, he took it. I hope he read it. But one, one, finally, one day, one of them come by, and he said, now, we're, we're, you know, some of the guys are out at Pride's Creek. We won't be doing anything. They lie. I said, they lie. How many know they're of their father? Right? And he's a liar, and they lie. And so he said, no, not, we won't be doing anything. He said, come go with me. Well, I said, okay, I'll, I'll go. Now, that was a dumb thing to do. They, I got out there on that pontoon boat, and they were smoking pot, you know, and they were handing that joint around, you know, and then they handed it to me. And I just, I looked back, and I, you know, I thought, why didn't I throw it in the water? But then I thought, well, they would have threw me in. You know, I didn't smoke it. I handed it to the next guy. But here's what I said to myself. Once I get off this boat, I'm never going to make this mistake again because this did not feel right. This is not right. God wants me to come out from among that, see.
right? That's right. See, that doesn't, now listen, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm holier than thou. That doesn't mean I'm better than them. It just means I'm going in a different direction. You know, if I'm hitchhiking down the road, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to Indianapolis and I'm hitchhiking, you know, and um, you pull over to pick me up and I say, hey, thanks for picking me up. And I get in the vehicle and you say, well, you know, where are you going? I'm going to Indianapolis. And I say, well, I'm going to make a U-turn. I'm going to Atlanta. Well, I'm getting out. I don't want to hitchhike from Atlanta. That's the wrong direction. See, and that's the way it is in life. It's not that I'm better than these people. Thank God for the grace of God, but I'm not better. It's just the grace of God. I'm just saying I'm not going that direction. So I'm not, I'm not getting in the car with you and going that way. You follow what I'm saying? And so the Lord led me. He said, now you got to get away from these people. You got to, you, you know. I mean, I still talk to them at times, you know. I witnessed to them, shared the gospel with them. Um, but I didn't go where they went any longer. Amen. See, you got to understand, see, you can't, you can't, see, a, a, a person told me this one time. I'll close with this. Did you get anything today? Amen. A person told me this, this other minister told me, he said, now there's this pastor. He pastored a church in a certain city here in, in, in America and said he goes to the bars to get his sermons ready. And I thought, well, why would you go to the bars to get your sermon ready? I go in the presence of God to get mine. Now, I marked that. Now, why would you, if something's not right, why, let me say this, unless something's wrong with you, why would you be drawn to that? Something's not right there. I thought, well, man, I don't go to a bar. And his thing was, I'm not religious. Well, no, you're not. I'm not sure you're saved. I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering. But anyway, so he, so he went to the bars. He said he'd go to the bars to get his message ready. Just to prove, you know, he's not old school. You know, he's free. He's got liberty. Yeah, he kicked the guardrails off the Empire State Building. He's about to fall off. That's what he did. And I marked that in my thinking when, she, when, this, when, when, when I was told that. When, when this, this other minister told me, I marked that in my thinking. I thought, now there's going to be a day when I'm going to hear he's in trouble. And then this, this past year, I heard he had an affair on his wife and he's out of the ministry. Well, that didn't surprise me. He was sitting in a place where the devil reigned supreme. Amen. Where, where things go on that are not right. Why would you go there anyway? And why would you go there without your wife? You know, there's going to be women in there that are drinking and drunk and loose and well, all right. This, this is one of my most popular sermons. <laughs> it's just people are so dumb today. They've been dumbed down in church. It's like, are you kidding me? The Bible said, come out from among that. Be separate. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I've done for 40 years. Amen. I haven't been in, back into that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I've just avoided that. I've just re- I, I learned really young. Stay away. God told me. He said, get away. Get away from your friends. Get away from them. They'll bring you back down. And I, if I hadn't obeyed that, I wouldn't be here today. I probably might be dead.
and inhale. Because I live that kind of lifestyle that some of them don't live, live to the fullness of their days for sure. And I certainly wouldn't be married to this beautiful woman on the front row because she already told me if you hadn't gotten saved, I wouldn't married you. You were too nasty. Ugly. What did you say? You said something kind of snark. You said I was a smart aleck. That's what you said. Well, I wasn't a smart aleck all the time. Just part of the time. Amen. But God. Thank God for God. You know, you, you do that enough, somebody's, somebody's love will be bigger than you and whoop you, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I used to have a friend like that. He, every time he'd get drunk, he'd start a fight, and he got whipped on every one of them. I was like, will you quit doing that? Amen. But you know what? Listen, there, there, is, a, there is a Bible um, truth, and it's called holiness. And it's all throughout the book. From Genesis to Revelation. Amen. And if you think that that kind of preaching is legalism today, you need to wake up and realize the devil is feeding you a lie. And eventually, if you listen to him, he'll take you out. And you'll be just like that one. That one minister said to me one time, he said, how did I get here? You know, when he got in trouble. And messed up his life. And then he said, oh, I remember how I got here. I disobeyed God. That's how I got in this mess. And thank God God got him out of it. He straightened his life up, you know, and said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about it. And he got straightened up and back in the ministry and preaching really good now. But, you know, didn't have to do that. And it could have took him out forever. But thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.